threes that he makes that make the coaches think he runs on anti-free. He's the reigning two-time defensive player of the year. But his dunks, though? He's everywhere on the court. But his dunks, though. Gentlemen, gentlemen, gentlemen. Consider a hypothetical question. Could Kawhi get buckets on Kawhi? All right, everybody. Welcome to an emergency pod. Woke up this morning with huge trade news, the Kawhi Leonard trade. I got Nishan on the line with me to discuss it all. Dude, what, uh, what do you think about this That's trade? pretty wild, man. I mean, uh, talk about dark horse, right? No one thought the Raptors were in this race. And some news has been emerging you know, the last couple of weeks. And on the low post, Winhurst was saying how everyone else had kind of fallen out of the, the running. And this is all that was left. But it wasn't exactly the trade that I expected. Yeah, I think my first inclination, and I think I actually sent you this um, on Instagram, and these are things that, you know, is this all pure speculation when you look for these things? I sent you DeMar DeRozan's uh, Instagram page, and it was weird because he had deleted all of his posts uh, all of a sudden on Instagram, and anything associating with the Raptors, like everything. He, like, he just got rid of everything, and it was so random. And that was the same day the on Vegas, like, they released these odds, and the Raptors all of a sudden, remember I sent you that? It was like the Raptors were even favorite. Uh, like, they became the all-odds-on favorites to acquire Kawhi. <laughs> and it turns out that they've been talking, like, the Spurs and Raptors have been talking for, like, a couple weeks. Yeah, and I think, you know, it's it's a, it's a bit sad for DeMar's part. And I'm pretty surprised at what the Raptors have become this year. I mean, you were talking about the, the best team in the East, at least in the regular season. They fire the coach of the year. If they get rid of their franchise player, I mean, talk about... Um, how the NBA only cares about championships anymore. I feel like in the in historically, I mean, if you were the top team in either conference and you had the coach of the year and you're, you, you'd be worshipping your star player, your franchise player, not trying to ship them off to a different country, I guess. <laughs> the the Raptors, I think it's one of the, after that sweep, uh, like the way the Cavs swept them in four games because they thought this was their year, like number one seed and this was their time. I think that sweep really... Uh, it carried more effects than what we initially saw because, I mean, like you mentioned, like Casey got fired, and there's really already rumblings that Demar may be traded. And um, but I think you, I mean, this is something you and me were talking about. So maybe we defer on this. I that contract, I think it just the Raptors realized that money that they're paying Demar Derozan is is like a max level. He he was a max level player, but. I think they realized like they just can't continue to pay DeMar DeRozan that much money and they're already capped out because with Lowry and Ibaka. So there's really no moves that they could make except except with a trade like this. We talk about max level players all the time and you know there's a lot of speculation about who the top 10-15 players are who should be probably getting some of these max contracts. And I mean I, I feel like DeMar DeRozan is in the top 15 maybe top 20 players like you're talking about a, a guy who's been an all-star for a couple of years now, a guy who's been the face of the franchise, and it's not the classical superstar who, you know, who gets his money and keeps playing the way he plays. I mean, last offseason, he totally changed around what his play was like. He went from a guy who shot mostly mid-range jumpers to a guy who stretched his game out to the three-point line. You can't fault him for who he is, but he did try to make his game better. Obviously, they came up against the juggernaut that is LeBron James in the offseason, and he was clearly the Achilles heel of that team. And it's kind of sad that they didn't want to run it back one more time when LeBron James has finally left the Eastern Conference 
and left it wide open for them. That's exactly what I was thinking too. I was like, wow, like, I mean, the fact that LeBron's gone now, I thought maybe this is their time to run it back and uh, see what they could do now that LeBron's not there. But maybe they thought Boston's getting, bring uh, Kyrie and Hayward's back. They're going to get stronger. Philly, another year of Simmons and Embiid, they're probably going to be stronger. Maybe they thought, like, the same team is just not going to get it done. But then again, I mean, so the guy, the Toronto GM, right, Masai Ujiri, um, he, he's a very smart guy. I mean, you, you kind of have first-hand experience with the way he, he fleeced he fleeced you guys in the mellow trade. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I mean, we don't have to get into, like, winners and losers, but, like, I really like the, uh, what Toronto did here. So they got rid of DeRozan. I mean, not rid of. They, I mean, I think that's someone they needed to give up. It had to be Lowry or DeRozan, and they chose to trade DeRozan, probably because he has three years left on his deal, whereas Lowry has two. So I think they get the contracts will be done sooner. And then I really thought they would have to give up uh, one of OG Anibui, uh Pascal Siakam, or Fred Van Vliet, like one of these young guys, or even DeLon Wright. But turns out the young guy that they had to give up was Jakob Pertl, who's, I'm not saying he's a bad player, but I, I thought Anibui, Siakam, they were all definitely rated higher. And then on top of that, I think this is something people don't aren't really talking about, is that the pick that they gave up, the 2019 first round pick, it's top 20 protected. So say like some weird stuff happens, like Kawhi comes in and he's like, oh, I don't really want to play, or he sits out, which I don't think he will do, but if he claims some sort of injury or something, and then Kai Lowry maybe is like upset now because they traded his best friend away, and then the whole Raptors stage just collapse, and say they don't end up making the playoffs, or they're like an eight seed, seven seed, they're protected now because they get to keep that pick if it falls within a top 20, it's a lottery pick, or even if they're a low playoff seed, they're going to keep that pick. And if it doesn't convey this year, then it could turns into two second round picks. So they may not end up even having to give up a first round pick in this deal, which I thought was like amazing. Well, this might be the greatest salary dump that we've ever seen for a team that's trying to maybe uh, blow it up and reboot. Because, I mean, if they're all they had to give up was Pirtle and a, such a s- stacked protected pick. Um, my question is, was is there some talkings between Kawhi's side and the Raptors where this is really just a one-year rental? And I know, you know, the, the sadness that you go through talking about one-year rentals in terms of Paul George and the fact that, you know, the uh, Oklahoma City took a chance on him and he decided to stay and can, you know, Toronto do the <laughs> same thing with, with um, Kawhi. But Kawhi's made it pretty clear where he wants to be. And I know that, PG had done the same thing. He'd said LA and we might be drumming up the same thing. But the difference is I feel like Paul George made that decision on his own and I feel like Kawhi's decision making has been kind of interspersed with not only his own decision making but his uncle's decision making. So I'm kind of worried. Maybe maybe this is just a year for Kawhi to come out, ball out. Maybe the Raptors do well. Maybe they don't. Uh, maybe there's some inner turmoil for this team that had so much turnover after being in such harmony all year. And uh, then Kawhi just gets to go where he wants to go at the end of the season. I mean, I think it's a good point. People are trying to draw parallels. Oh, Toronto's the OKC of this year and trying to take a gamble on a player that they don't know will stay. But there's a couple things that are different, right? One, <laughs> Toronto's not even in America. Like, it's not, it's like in a totally different country. Like, Kawhi wanted to go to LA and like Toronto's like, they sent him away as far as possible. Like, they sent him to and another from cold, country. Uh, warm weather and to it, cold weather. <laughs> Exactly. At least San Antonio's warm. Like they sent him to Toronto, where it's cold. Like the winters are really cold there. It's a different country, so I think that's one thing that will definitely like 
you know, I don't think he's going to want to resign there. And the second is, like, at least in OKC, you had a superstar in Russ that could convince Paul to stay and be like, okay, I want to play with this guy. Maybe with Russ, I can do something. They, they don't, Toronto doesn't have that. Like, you can't argue that Kyle Lowry's on the same level as Russell Westbrook. Like, Toronto doesn't have that superstar. I purely think this is just a way for them to, like you said, get, uh, get rid of DeRozan's contract. And then if Kawhi does leave, then basically I think Lowry's contract, uh, Ibaka's contract, they're all going to be expiring contracts next summer. So if Kawhi does leave, they could very easily start a rebuild and they just would have to get, they would have expiring contracts to give up. And who knows? And you know what else they could do at the trade deadline? They could call up Magic Johnson and Jerry West and be like, hey, we don't think we could keep up Kawhi, like, but uh, he's available. Like, and you guys, one of you guys can, you know, if you want him, like he's available and start a bidding war between the Lakers and Clippers. That's possible. But the question becomes then all the leverage is gone, right? Like, all the leverage for the Raptors is gone now. Like, what are they really, really, really going to be able to get back from either the Clippers or the or the Lakers? It would just be a pick that would be they would be targeting at that point if they know they're going to rebuild. And maybe from the Lakers, they try to get Ingram or Kuzma if they can't because they won't be able to yeah. get both. And maybe from the Clippers, like try to get Tobias Harris or one of their the picks that they just drafted, like the one of the guards, uh, Gilgis Alexander or Jerome Robinson, something yeah, like that. I'm pretty excited, kind of. Um, to see what happens at this USA camp because now we can I mean like <laughs> we know for a fact that media availability is second to none when it comes to USA camp like you, media is everywhere and Kawhi's kind of been in the shadows for so long but he can't do that if he's going if he truly ends up participating and we, we can actually ask him quite like there's going to be people who can ask him questions about like how satisfied is he with the trade and you know he's going to deflect he's going to be like you know I'm very happy with where I'm going to be I'm going to work very hard for the Raptors you know whatever or can you imagine if he says like i really don't want to be here in toronto i, I think that'd be crazy <laughs> like just if he openly just came out and said like i don't want to be here. this guy is causing so much drama around the nba it's what keeps us excited but it's also what makes this nba season a soap opera right like every turn there's something new happening and you know i, I think it's pretty clear that you think that the raptors won this deal and i think the raptors also did kind of benefit from this deal but i'm excited to see what demar can do in a different kind of system i mean He's going to be surrounded with um, Pop and RC, who can hopefully put together another great team. And people keep forgetting. I mean, I was looking on Twitter, uh, on Instagram, and they were saying how, you know, um, Demar is the lone star, but they forget that Lamarcus Aldridge had fantastic season last year, and the two of them kind of occupy the same space in that mid-range game. But maybe, maybe if if there's one coach that's going to be able to change the NBA and move like and try to force against the three-point three, three point and layup kind of offense right now, it would be Pop. Maybe he would be able to figure something out to maximize mid-range game with these two amazing mid-range players. If there's any any guy who could do it, like you said, it'd be Pop. But I, I saw those same jokes, like how like the Spurs are going to attempt a record number of mid-range shots next year with the Aldridge and DeRozan. Uh, Aldridge was number one in the league last year in mid-range attempts, and DeRozan was number three. So... Um, but I think this is also a play for Pop because there's a lot of rumors, rumblings that he's going to coach the 2020 Olympic team. And after that, like that may be it for him. Like after 2020 in Tokyo, um, they, that, that could be it for him in terms of his like coaching career with the Spurs, international, everything. So I, if you have two years left, I think that's why they went after a guy like DeRozan instead of more yeah. picks. Because if Pop only has two years left, they just got like the best player that the current best player 
is De- DeMar DeRozan. Like all these other guys from other teams, Ingram from the Lakers or Jalen Brown from the Celtics or the young guys on the Sixers, if it's Markel Foles. They're not no one. No one's good as DeRozan yet. They think they could be as good as DeRozan eventually, or even better. But no one is at so that this level. This is Pop's yet. way of staying relevant um, through the rest of his career, which is you know, they talk about competitive edge in him, just not wanting to go down. Doesn't want the Spurs to become relegated as like the, you know, the, the tanking team, the rebuilding team. I mean, since he's since the Tim Duncan era, especially not in yeah his last yeah especially not in his last two years. I don't think they were they wanted to go into that rebuild. Maybe as after he retires, because I think De- Demar's co- contract is also up in twenty twenty, and same with Aldridge. So maybe then that's when the Spurs enter the full rebuild. But I think they wanted to like ride this out as much as they can. But yeah, an interesting point like you were talking. Um, I just remember with the Team USA camp is that can you imagine like Pop is the coach and Kawhi and Demar Derozan are both invitees to the camp and if they're both there <laughs> how man that's just going to be so much fun if they're all that's there be next super week. exciting now, my question is what does this do for the psyche of all like NBA players the fact that a team that was so great and just like quickly chipping it apart and the fact that you know Demar said a couple of weeks ago that the Raptors said he was untouchable and now you know, he's probably looking for a house in San Antonio. Yeah, I think this is what we were already seeing, right? The amount of player uh, mobility that's that's happening every year. Um, I mean, just, just another incredible number that I saw. In the 2016 All-Star game, from that time till now, 16 All-Stars from that game are on different teams. Like, can you believe that? Like, just two years ago, from that All-Star game, 16 players, 16 All-Stars in two wow. years have changed. That's like 75% of that. Yeah, can you just, like, I mean, if you just think quickly think about it, like, from the East, like, Paul George, LeBron, like, all the different teams, Butler. KD from the West, different team, but Jimmy Butler, exactly, like, Al Horford, who was an all-star, like, they're all, every, there's just, before the player mobility was mostly role players, but now you have, like, the best players in the game, like, ch- changing teams very frequently, and I think that's what keeps the NBA, like, uh, viewership and audience, like, throughout the so, year. Okay, so tell me, tell me, uh... Tell me what impact do you think this this trade has on the Raptors? Does it make them better? Does it make them worse next year at least? I think so. If Kawhi comes in committed and just says, "All right, it's my one year here, and I'll play play out my one year, go as hard as I can this one year, and eventually, you know, now he doesn't have to force his way out because in a year he's a free agent. So if he just commits to the team for that one year, plays as hard as he can, I think the Raptors can make some noise now that LeBron's not there. And, you know, the Celtics, they, this is going to be a different playoff run for them because with Irving and Hayward, it's theoretically on paper, it's a better team, but the chemistry issues, we don't know how it's going to be. Uh, same with the Sixers, like they're a younger team. They lost guys like Bellinelli and Ilyasova and a small note. I don't know if you saw like that one guy that they got, Mialica, uh, I think is how you say his last name. He decided to stay in Europe. Uh, they thought he was going to be a replacement for Ilyasova. So, I mean, a starting lineup of... Um, Lowry and Anubui, Kawhi, Ibaka, and Valanciunas can make some noise. And and we forgot they the Raptors. This one keeps getting bad. I mean, I think keeps getting for them. They also got Danny Green, like a guy who's won championships and made like important clutch threes in the, in those finals games. I was like, wow. They all, and he's an expiring contract also, which I thought was great for the which Raptors. Which is probably why they wanted to get him. Yeah, I I mean I, I I definitely can see if everyone stays committed and this whole situation just doesn't blow up. Like if Kawhi. You know, like we don't, we don't, we don't know what's gonna happen with Kawhi, how how he's gonna react. But just on paper, I mean, the Raptors at least are a top three seed with the Sixers and Celtics. They're right okay, there. And what about for the Spurs? What do you think this does for them for next year? I, I they, so I mean, I think they. What were they last year? They were yeah. a seven seed, right? 
So, and that was without Kawhi. Now you added DeMar DeRozan. So, I, and it's a pop coach team. I definitely think of, they'll be like a fifth, fifth, sixth seed, I think. They'll be, they'll still be there. They'll be competitive. Um, it's just that moving, they, they, they just don't have that same ceiling now that if you had Kawhi, that's not there anymore. They're definitely not a championship team. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think that having, I think the difference between Kawhi and DeMar that people do overlook is that DeMar has had more sustained success for, obviously Kawhi's had more success, but I feel like DeMar's had more sustained success over the last couple of, I mean, like last so, so many years, you know. Demar's at least been relevant, and you know, Kawhi's was it 2015 uh, or 2015? Was it that the fi- 2014 finals, which the finals where he like was the LeBron stopper? Oh yeah, in uh, 2014, that was when he's finals MVP. And then he had his like kind of breakout season 2015, 2016. So he's really only had two years of like really sustained success if you take out last season. And now, in, 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 in an offense that was almost centered around him, so now it's going to be a little bit different because, I mean, they have a new coach in Toronto. They have similar personnel, but now you're running everything hopefully through Kawhi. So how does everyone else adjust, especially Kyle Lowry, who's kind of, not only does he lose his best friend, but he also probably loses a little bit of the reins on the offense. It's, it's, it's going to be fun. I, I still think that... Like Masai, knowing Masai, I feel like he this is not it. Like I feel this is just part of another bigger plan with the way he protected that pick and got Danny Green back, like an expiring deal. And I think just the track record of stars in Toronto, um, they American-born stars, whether it was Tracy McGrady, Vince Carter, Chris Bosh, they usually don't end up staying in Toronto because just for different reasons. It's culturally like different. Even though people say it's a great city, maybe it's a great city to visit. Like I know a lot of NBA stars when they go to Toronto, they love it, but it's maybe not the greatest city to live in throughout the year. So I, I feel like Masai knows that you know Kawhi's not someone he's gonna probably keep, and this is just part of a plan for him to kind of flip him into something else at the trade deadline. Or he'll, I feel like he, he definitely has a plan up his sleeve. I don't know what it is, but I, I, I feel like this is not the last move with Kawhi. Right. All right, and really quickly, I want to talk about one more thing, which is Sixers trying to poach, um, what's his name? Oh, Daryl Morey <laughs> from the Rockets. I saw that. <laughs> and the crazy part is Daryl Morey was Sam Hinkie's uh, basically mentor. So do you think, do you think Hinkie back to the Sixers at some point? <laughs> I don't, no, I, I just feel like the PR hit that they would take if they brought Hinky back would just be too But then much they could say trusted the process. But, they had to get rid of Hinky so that he could come back and return <laughs> as a phoenix rising from the ashes, man. <laughs> if you think about it, Hinky was the reason that they had they based they have Embiid and Simmons the two cornerstones right now. And he even acquired that Sacramento unprotected pick in 2019. That that or sorry, sorry, top 1 protected. Hinky acquired that. I mean, Colangelo then traded that to Boston in the T- right. Jason Tatum trade. But that was like one of the best assets if you think about it now. Like this Sacramento pick in 2019. <laughs> Unless it falls number one, which it could, but I mean, you never know. Then it's gonna con- it's gonna be like a top five pick that the Celtics could potentially have next year. Which is, I mean, as a Lakers fan, I just hate seeing that the Celtics are gonna have I'm, that. I'm pick. really hoping for some uh, Celtics chemistry issues. Because the biggest thing is like all these guys that had such an expanded role last year, like Tatum and and uh, Jalen Brown. I mean, they're gonna have to take. They're gonna lose some minutes. Like, there's just not enough minutes on the floor if they want to have Hayward and Irving play meaningful minutes. You're gonna take away minutes from like Brown and uh, Tatum that 
yeah, everyone just thinks, oh, basically Kyrie will take over Rozier's minutes and then Hayward takes over Marcus Morris's minutes and then you fill out the lineup with Horford, Brown, and Tatum. But it's like, that's not exactly how, like these lineups just don't work like that. It's not like NBA 2K where you just sub one guy for another. Like there's, these are real players and there's going to be chemistry yeah. issues. Well, the good thing is uh, even though the Eastern Conference is not going to win the championship next year, at least all these teams have something buzzing around them. You know, at least the top, the top half of the teams, you know, with the, the Raptors with the whole Kawhi saga, the Boston Celtics about making it kind of fit together, the Sixers with you know getting their front office put together slash can Embiid and Simmons stay healthy, the Bucks with now getting Bud and all of the finally having a coach so they can't just keep blaming coaching for their for their misery, the Pacers on are, were they actually real last year or was it just a fluke? I mean at least those five teams, the Wizards like what what the hell is happening with the Wizards? So at least those six <laughs> yeah. teams will be somewhat exciting. Yeah, I, I think for a change, at least for now, like a, a superstar went from the west to the east. Like so, um, a little bit of maybe a change in the battle. Maybe not too much, but at least you know it's like not another superstar who came yeah. into the west. I feel bad for DeRozan because now making the All Star game for him will be a lot harder. <laughs> and he's back in the same conference <laughs> as LeBron. <laughs> Dude can't get rid of him. <laughs> he finally thought LeBron's gone from my conference and now he's back in the same conference as LeBron. The ironic thing is, uh, you know how they always used to portray the uh, the Spurs as like the Whites from Game of Thrones? And now uh-huh. now Kawhi Leonard is finally moving to the North where it's really, really, really cold. So maybe they'll continue <laughs> that for him next year. Oh man, can't wait to see this drama play out yeah, with man. Kawhi. I feel like at least the offseason, I mean, this was kind of like the last domino we're waiting for this offseason unless obviously... Who know, you never know these days, like the next superstar you, that secretly was uh, ha- not happy with this team this whole time and has a trade demand. That could always happen, but I feel like this was one of the the final domino to fall for the Yeah, poor reporters, they're probably, like all the reporters, they're probably on like their vacations right now because this is the only time of the year they get off after like after summer league before the before like camp starts <laughs> they're gonna have to be reporting on stuff like this even this this trade like it was it like i woke up today morning like the, and i see like all these uh reporters that were uh bringing up these trade news way early like in the middle of the night it was like 3 a.m 4 a.m eastern time and these reporters were like bringing up the news it was probably because i think i saw this on picture about how masai ujiri was in africa with uh president yeah. obama and there was some NBA mission, and they opened up a school or, or some something there. So Masai was probably in Africa, and we're like they're way ahead in, in time zone. So it was probably at a normal time. And he probably him. wanted to be uh, <laughs> swinging uh, at least arms swinging distance away from Demar Derozan, so that he can't backlash against him. <laughs> That's just cool. Yeah, I can't believe he told him like he he won't trade him, and then <laughs> next week just, just trades him. At least like give give the dude a heads up and be like, hey, yeah, we're we're looking at trades. We may have to trade you. At least tell yeah, him be honest. No one's loyal in this NBA, man. That's what keeps it fun. <laughs> All right, man. Yeah, yeah till the next this. till the next superstar gets traded. All right, <laughs> yep. peace out. All right, see you, man.